I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello, everybody. Welcome on back to Oops, the podcast. We're back. I'm here with Julio Gallarotti again, my co-host. Julio, how are you? Francis, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. This is our second episode. We're so thrilled that you're still with us. We hope that you will share, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Give us five stars, even if you don't enjoy it that much. There's no reason to give someone four stars. That's ridiculous. Agreed. That if you're be gonna, preposterous. Yeah, if you're going to dog us, give us one star. Because that means you like believe in the hate. I don't do that, though. Don't. I'm not yeah, encouraging do you that. to give us one star. It also makes it look like... You are just like pissed at us. Yeah. Because that's just so severe. Yeah, imagine... We're not one star. No, come on. So we're having a good time, man. This is great. This is our podcast. We've got a new mural behind us. I had it uh, commissioned by a guy named Pavel, P-A-V-O-L. I don't think he's from this country. That's all he go. Is that the whole name? Yeah. That's how I saved him in my phone. Pavel. (laughs) Sounds like a hacker. (laughs) (laughs) Pavel. He came in a Volkswagen. Nice. Yeah. Which was a better car than I thought he was going to have. Because <laughs> he's a muralist, and mur- I don't know a lot of muralists that are driving Volkswagens. But Pavel's doing well. He crushed it for us. We're calling it, ready, folks, the Wall of Shame. We've got this incredible collage mural that has all sorts of figures and moments of great mistakes, catastrophes throughout history. Let's run it. Let's run through it really quickly. Let's do it. Upper left, we've got. Eldrick Tiger Woods' uh, <laughs> mugshot from when he was pulled over uh, for being absolutely fucked up on painkillers and other stuff. And after getting his ass beat yeah. by his then wife. Yeah. No, that. so that was oh, that, that was, was years after that. Oh, oops. It, but you you could say that. Yeah, oops. Right? <laughs> I didn't mean to No, no, no. It's okay. He, he had a long period of being absolutely disgraced. But then he had, he, you know, so, so that, I would say that was his rock bottom. Gotcha. Right? Because this was at the height of him being really bad. That was post all that coming out. It, yeah, but nothing good had happened since all right. the affairs came out. Right. And then and then he got pulled over in Florida, I think, for driving under the influence of all these painkillers. And he was just... It didn't seem like he was necessarily ever going to come back. Poor guy. Right? And that mugshot, he just looked like hell. And I think that was his rock bottom. And we all know the story from there. He comes back. He wins, uh, what was it, the Players? The Masters. Yeah, he won, he won a tour event earlier uh, in the year. And then he won the Masters this year, capping off what I would call the most inspirational run by a black person since Barack Obama. It was pretty good. Yeah. I also bet on it, by the way. just for the I record. did too. You did? I bet on Tiger to win Dude. the Masters. How uh, much yeah. did you win? Uh, I got eight to one. I got 12 to 1. Oh, fuck. 100 bucks. I made $1,200. Wow. I know. It was so ridiculous. Vegas took an absolute bath. Oh, yeah, because everybody was betting on Tiger. Everyone bets on Cause Tiger. Because Tiger always gets better odds than he deserves, too. Right, right. And if he, But wow. if he wins, then Vegas gets smoked, and it was wow. such a good feeling. Um, then next to him, we've got Darko Milicic. Ah. If you're a basketball fan, you know who that is. Julio, you know about Darko Milicic, right? Yeah, Darko was in that famous draft where like all the great players of this generation were drafted in. And was it, was he was it the, the number Chris two pick. Bosch, yes. uh, Dwayne Wade draft? Carmelo Anthony? Chris Bosh, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade. Is that right? Uh, Darko. And was, was LeBron the number one pick? 
Um, we got to look this up. Chris, give us a give us a little sports. We uh, got Chris here. Chris is uh, doing intermittent fasting, um, and he's off camera. But he he's he's a portly fellow, and if that if that's all right to say, and he's lost twenty <laughs> pounds since we met him a week ago. The old intermittent fast. Yeah, we told him he had to lose weight or he couldn't work with us anymore. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's illegal. You get fired for that type of shit. Mm. Savage. I'm kidding. He looks great. He's doing a great job. Yeah, what LeBron was the, for one pick. Chris Paul was in that draft too, right? Oh, I oh was it? He's apologizing. Oh, sorry, Chris. Not a fact checker. Who was the number one? Yeah, who was Darko the number one? Darko went number one in 2003. After him... LeBron was the number one that pick, right? No, LeBron was a LeBron was a number the was before? the number one pick the year he was drafted. Yes. Oh, the year Darko was drafted. No. Okay, I'm because if Darko went first, he went second. Darko was number two. Darko so was two. Did it go? It yeah, it went LeBron and Thank then you. Darko. But the question is, who came after Darko? Dwayne Wade. Uh, Carmelo was the next pick. Dwayne Wade, I believe, was number five. I'm. I should. Bosch. Bosch was number four. So yeah, Chris so, Paul was number six. So I might you be had wrong, but four. LeBron, Darko, Carmelo. Oh, Chris Kamen. Okay. All right. So you had three Hall of Famers drafted after Darko Milicic, who was considered to be this European stallion. Yeah. Almost like a uh, an earlier version of uh, Porzingis, who could, you know, shoot these lofty threes, kind of like Dirk Nowitzki. Everyone thinks that every player from Europe is going to be the same. Darko Milicic <laughs> did not pan out. He did not pan out. He was terrible. I don't even know what happened to him. I think, I think he's laying brick in, in Transylvania now. <laughs> those other two, even those other two guys you just named, Chris Kamen had a great NBA career. Kirk Heinrich played like 15 years Kirk in the league. Kirk Heinrich was solid. He might still be in the league. It's like a JV <laughs> version of J.J. Redick. But he had some tenacity. He, was, he used to run around for the Bulls. Peak Kirk Heinrich, you could argue, is... Superior to Jay Jarrett. No, no, I just you can make that argument. That's that is an argument that could be. You made that argument. I you I'd light you on fire. All right, well, let let us know what you guys think about that. Yeah. So the point is, Darko Milicic, (laughs) horrible. Oops, draft. Yeah, that was bad. After that, we got the Titanic. Everybody's familiar, thanks to Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, uh, run in that film. What a great film that was, but also a horrible disaster where a lot of people died. Um, luckily, it wasn't too many women and children because they were led onto the lifeboats first. Whether you think that's fair or not is open for discussion. Chivalry. Um, yeah. <laughs> After that, who we got? We have the Trojan horse. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully you guys know that story if you went to any form of grade school. It's mm-hmm. like the first thing you learn. Yeah. Uh, you know, I for, you know, actually, what even happened with that? They snuck into Troy with the, the Trojan Trojans horse? let... The horse, the, the the Greeks wanted to sack Troy, and they snuck in with. They the horse. built the horse as this like they couldn't get through the walls. Right. The Trojans were keeping them out. With so this the is a gift walls. from the gods, right? Yeah, and uh, and they left the the Trojans like went and hid, and built this wooden horse as a gift, and uh, the Trojans wheeled it into their city, and of course it, the belly of the horse contained a bunch of. Trojan warriors who in the middle of the night. By the way, I am only reciting this from watching the movie Troy. <laughs> and I don't know how fucking accurate that is to the myth or whatever of uh, it's, it's the Odyssey, the Iliad, right? The Iliad is the, the, the Trojan War. 
Um, yeah, I think so. I love how I was like saying that you guys better know the story, and then I don't even know the story. I, I'm going <laughs> off of I'm going off of Troy with Brad Pitt, right? Where right. he beefed up and looked great. He looked great. Was he movie. Odysseus? He uh, no, he was Achilles. Yeah, he was Achilles. Yeah, yeah. So they they come into the the city and they 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 burn it to the ground because they were able to get in. So the mistake, the oops on that account was of the Trojans wheeling this right. uh, vessel in. The mistake was being religious. That's right. <laughs> okay. And we don't have a problem with religion, but if you're wheeling deities or big <laughs> horses into your house because that's what you believe in, uh, you might get pillaged. Yeah, you know, just keep an open mind. Yeah. <laughs> what a message. What else we got? We got the Leaning Tower of Pisa, which I was unaware was a mistake. I thought that that was a stylistic choice. I think they built it, and then within like a month, it started leaning. That soft I think soil, it was so quick. That's yeah, like have you ever Tuscan been to soil? Have you been there? I took a train by it once. And you see it? Yeah, from the train. Yeah, you can see it from I the train. I love trains. Trains are nice. Yeah, you know? trains are great. Can we mention the best comment that we got this week? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> this is. The greatest thing of all time. One of the guys commented on our Instagram. He goes, love the new podcast. Francis, I don't know what it is about your voice, but it just makes me nut. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just get a reply to this comment, it would mean the world, man. Andrew for E.W. E. Thompson. It's mm. supposed to be Andrew Thompson, but that was a good one. Dude. That's great. Well, let's hope he's, he's, his pants are full of nut. Uh, after this episode, your too. response was hilarious. Well, yeah. He goes, "What can I say? I deliver the nuts, nut away, my dear, <laughs> my dear friend, <laughs> my dear friend. Yeah. No, I deliver the nuts, baby. I'm I'm fucking stroking people off with my my delicious dulcet tones, um, <laughs> serenading those sperms out of those rods. Now oh it's like yeah, it's like singing to the fishes. What else we got? We got a uh, slick dick Willie Clinton." <laughs> Big Willie, Will Bill Clinton, uh, of course, with a cigar in his mouth, uh, invoking the famous, the cigar famous cigar of the Lewinsky affair. Um, after that, Ryan Leaf. I think that might be it. No, or I see Chernobyl more. as well. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Sorry, let's sorry, each, sorry, sorry. We, each, each to to each his due. Uh, Ryan Leaf, you want to go? You know about that? I feel like you got Ryan. Okay, Leaf Ryan Leaf was uh, drafted ahead of Peyton Manning. He was supposed to be much like Darko Milicic. He was supposed to be a great white quarterback and was an absolute flop. And I think, unlike Milicic, where you know the story was that there were so many players drafted after him uh, who were so much better, uh, the the idea that Leaf was immediately bad for the Chargers and kind of sunk their organization because I'm pretty sure that after he was drafted there, Drew Brees was drafted to replace him and then immediately traded to New Orleans. And then they brought in finally Phillip Rivers. And the Chargers have flirted with Super Bowl runs but never gotten there. And uh, Ryan Leaf, of course, started their their run of mediocrity he yeah and also the idea that he would have been drafted ahead of peyton manning who you know one of the greatest quarterbacks ever top top two or three i would say um is pretty pretty awful right and he was and he was the kind of like a questionable guy also right yeah he's kind of a dick i remember him just getting into trouble yeah they did a uh they did a 30 for 30 on him i think and i remember thinking wow this guy's this guy's a dick <laughs> if i met him i don't think i'd talk to him it's the best i can say who else 
Oh, Chernobyl. We got Chernobyl. The smokestacks of Chernobyl, one of the worst man-made disasters of all time. Uh, did you watch the show? I did not. No, nor have I, but I'm excited to start it. Heard it's good. Yeah. Um, it's always been a very interesting story. Mm-hmm. I've heard lots of like crazy, like there's different ways to like tell that story from mm-hmm. different perspectives. It's one of those like interesting things that you could read about forever. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know a ton about the story. I just know that the um, the the systems were faulty or they didn't build enough. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not even going to fucking try to explain it because I'm sure enough people out there have watched the amazing miniseries on HBO, which I will get to. And anyway, it resulted in a, a horrible radioactive spillage, leakage, that rendered the site around Chernobyl uh, toxic for however many for hundreds of thousands of years because the half-life of radioactive isotopes is quite long um people had their faces melting off pretty pretty horrific stuff uh and then finally of course uh nixon richard nixon famous for what the watergate scandal where he sent henchmen into the uh headquarters of the democratic uh, convention because he wanted to find information that he could use against his opponent for his reelection campaign, even though he was going to win it in a landslide. Um, he was a very uh, smart, savvy politician, especially in regards to foreign affairs uh, and foreign policy. Actually, a lot of people thought he handled what was going on in Vietnam pretty well, but he was so suspicious. And so, uh, just like on edge that he that he was committing crimes. Paranoid. Yeah, very paranoid. The Nixon yeah. tapes. He would right. bug the the Oval Office, all that. Um, but he also got like you said the foreign stuff. Like he's credited with kind of like opening that door to the East with China yeah, right. and like a great yes. statesman. Right. Right. But, yeah. Have you read? Um, I think it's called the President's Club. No. It's a great book. It's a book about the collaborations that happen between former presidents and their successors. That's cool. And there's a lot of it. Um, You know, especially in the 20th century, there were a lot of presidents who were replaced who would still come back in and meet with uh, the sitting president to advise them on on foreign affairs. Interesting. And that's a really nice thing. I don't think it happens right now. It's funny because right now, I was, all I can think about is like George Bush, that painting he made for Obama. Yeah, right. Did you ever see that? <laughs> I did. I did. And they became kind of friendly. And, yeah. that, and, all, and a lot, lot of that was because Bush, after leaving office, just sort of quietly retired to his ranch. Yeah. And never really spoke ill of Obama. But you know who the great friendships were? Uh, the big one Which was one? Clinton... And Bush Sr. Interesting. Those two became like best friends. Wow. And there was a famous uh, moment where the, where Clinton went up to uh, Bush's uh, estate in Kennebunkport, Maine, mm-hmm. which is not too far from where I grew up. And they went out <laughs> on a motorboat to like go up the coast. And the, just the two of them were like ripping along in this, uh, you know, Boston whaler just flying <laughs> through the rocky <laughs> waters of Maine. And the Secret Service was freaking out because you know they couldn't like follow them um and so that they're being defiant yeah just windswept hair (laughs) you know all that stuff uh i like that image but but the point was nixon uh was actually brought in after being you know ousted and resigning the office 
in it with great fanfare, that famous scene of him waving goodbye and then flying away in a helicopter uh, and resigning. This thing, the yeah, thing with the, the, peace, the, signs. the peace signs. Uh, he resigns, but then uh, all of his success, the next three or four presidents, I'm pretty sure, brought him back in to talk to them, to advise them right. on uh, the quagmire that became the Vietnam War. Um, right. And, and, and other things, too. And to the point where like they couldn't get rid of him. They opened the door to him and then he would come in and he would just like, he wanted to be so involved right? and it was hard for them to, to get rid of him. That's, in, I mean, cause there was so much like shit happening in the late, like after him that I can completely understand how that's right. possible. Like Carter had so much foreign right. stuff going on. Right. Was Ford, uh, Gerald Ford, was he Nixon's, uh, vice president? I think who so. Who assumed right? the office. After he got impeached. And then he lost... To Jimmy Carter, Carter, mm-hmm. and then Carter was a one-term president, and then Reagan, who lost to Reagan. Right, that's right. There it is, folks. Good stuff. There it is. Contemporary history. Really good. All right, we're off and running here. Uh, episode two of Oops. If you like history, that's a little taste, a little nugget for you. Now, some people might remark upon the absence of female figures on the wall of shame, and what do we say to those people, Julio? Uh, We say that we have left them out out of respect. That's right. There's nothing more respectful to a woman than not shaming her. (laughs) This is true. This is because we had an at length discussion about making sure that our wall of shame was acceptable. right. Right. And we're like, should we put any women on the wall? And we decided no. Yes. That would be wrong. A lot of people think, wow, there's no women represented on the wall of shame. And I to that to those people I say shut up, shut your mouth. How dare you? How dare you in, <laughs> pretend that women have ever made mistakes and deserve a place in the wall of shame? <laughs> and to be honest, like we were really thinking about who would it would who be who we yeah. would put on, and it was kind of hard. It was like men are clear have clearly been the big perpetrators of like high profile mistakes. Yes, I think everyone would agree that the the litany of 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 men behind us are are deserving of their place on the wall of shame. Who would you put as a woman on the wall of shame? Well, who did we come up with? We said uh Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes, she's the the woman from Bad Blood, right? From, yeah, Theranos situation. Theranos who speaks like a lesbian. She, she speaks I heard that that voice is fake. It is fake. She has she puts it on. It's a husk. That's crazy. She wears a corn dude, husk kinda, around her larynx. She kind of talks like you, dude. Does she? Her fake voice sounds... Ah, Elizabeth Holmes' fake voice sounds like you. Uh-huh. I bet. <laughs> hi, hi, Elizabeth Holmes. I believe that if we were to store all the blood in Silicon Valley, I could probably get a profit. Um, I didn't I didn't watch that thing. On, it's cool, man. Is it good? Yeah, it's interesting, for okay, sure. Okay, I'll check it out. It's pretty she freaked crazy. freaked me out, man. Like, she really... It seems like she really believed because there's obviously a fine line between like do you have a product at all or 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 will you have a product eventually yeah you know i think she believed that they would eventually figure it out so is it kind of like she had a blood ponzi scheme or something essentially some something like that she was just raising a shit ton of money for technology that didn't exist that didn't work at all wow it's interesting got it all right i'll have to check that out so she she would be a a good one to be up there candidate Um, so that would that is that would have made sense, but again, yeah, that would have made sense. All right, another one we thought of was uh, we thought of Sarah Palin. I guess the mistake there was that uh, 
John McCain chose her as his running mate, and she was just so unimpressive to a lot of people that people said it hurt his campaign. Uh, but then that gets political. Right, and we're trying and, to avoid that. Yeah, I mean, even though we have Nixon and Clinton up there, those guys are, their mistakes to me are apolitical. Uh, they're just like, Clinton right. was a was a coxman who couldn't keep his dick in his pants, and Nixon was a paranoid freakazoid who, you know, was doing super illegal shit. Right. It wasn't about party lines. Right. Also, those two guys balance each other out. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Uh, and then, Interesting. did we think of anyone else? Women? Uh, with Lindsay Lohan, we played around yeah, with. Lindsay Lohan. It's kind of sad. Also, that prank they did to her was insane. Do you ever see that? No. They made her believe that she was in a plane that was going down, and they filmed the entire thing. It's crazy. What? Like, maybe the most, the most high-budget prank I've ever seen, and like, oh, I'm fucked up. Sorry, that was Paris Hilton. My bad. Fuck. No, that's I'm okay. Sorry. But that to, was still that yeah. it was still the greatest prank of all time. Separate story. Well, I, so <laughs> I'm assuming Paris Hilton was already on a plane. They doctored the entire thing. They made her believe she was going on some thing. She was doing some press thing in Dubai or somewhere in the Middle East. And then they made her believe that the plane was going down. Wait. So hold on a second. People are screaming. Was she in a plane? Yes. She's on the plane that was going down. And it was in the air. Yes. That's <laughs> crazy. And then they, they they put it into a dive. Yeah. No. Yes, it is. Because that's not a prank at that point. It's it's a, and then they're like, it's a prank. And she's like, what? Yeah, you're, you're at that point, you are mimicking crashing a plane. It's cruel. I thought, that's, I got to watch that. That's, yeah. that's nuts. Yeah, worth watching. I've separate from Lindsay Lohan. She obviously had kind of like a pretty complicated and sad fall from grace, seemingly. Dude, you know? it's yeah, not over yet. It's, it's like a 48 fuck up fall from grace, though. Who's bad? How many no. headshots does she have? You ever see that uh, like time lapse of her headshots? No, oh my god! Where it just starts with her first one and her face just d disintegrates oh my with god. each one. <laughs> she just looks more and more sunken. Oh, poor and, thing, man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, clearly she's got some you know drug problems and whatever substance abuse. I actually met her once, though. Really? Yeah. Is she nice? Uh, I didn't. I didn't have too much of an exchange with her. I was at this nightclub in New York City. It was called uh, the Electric Room. You've oh, been yeah. there, yeah. And uh, the hotel, uh, what's it called? The Dream Hotel. The Dream Hotel. Yeah, it's like yeah. downstairs. That place used to be a super hot little nightclub, and you you'd go there on like a Wednesday night. That was the spot. Yeah, you'd see celebrities. The night that I went, man, I used to do insane shit to try to get into these nightclubs. <laughs> like like I walked, I used, I went in and with a with a British accent. That's and hilarious. I was with my buddy who was from South Africa, and I just told the doorman that we were only here for like a couple days, and we'd heard this was a sick nightclub. But I'm doing this all in a British accent. Did that work? Yeah, because you know the doorman was some little gay dude wearing a fedora who wants 
diversity in his little nightclub. Oh, interesting. So if I'm coming up and I'm like, hi, I'm a white guy who lives here in New York and, you know, we want to come in. He's going to be like, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. But right I was now. like, all right, mate, how you doing? Um, we're just here for the week. Uh, we've heard loads of things about an electric room back home and uh, we like to come in. <laughs> and he was like, all right, just the two of you, come on in. That's great. So we go in and the first people that I saw sitting on the back of a couch were... The two two of the singers from The Wanted. Do you remember uh, that boy band? No. They were like this British boy band that had maybe a quarter of the success of, um, you know, the big one. Uh, one Direction? One Direction. They, gotcha. they were like a very JV version of One Direction. But they had a couple decent little songs. Nice. Uh one was something about heart vacancy was the one we really liked. And there was some kind of like a techno remix to that song, which was good. Okay. And it became our victory song for our lacrosse team in my senior year of college. Oh, Whenever wow. we would win a game, we'd come back to the locker room, take all of our clothes off, put that song around and then flap our dicks at each other. Actually? Oh, yeah. Swinging around. Swinging. You just hear stories about stuff like that. I it can't was, believe that's real. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> we just We were spraying each other in the shower, you know. The soaping up, swinging our dicks, hooting, hollering. It was so fun. Problem was, we didn't win very much. The elephant walk? No, we, didn't do there that. was no contact. <laughs> well, okay, we uh, we um, we're, we're I tell the the we're at the electric room, and I go up to these two guys and I tell them this story. I said, "Hey, listen, guys, I played lacrosse in college at Harvard. I think I told them that." And I said, whenever we would win a game, we would put on your song, Heart Vacancy, and we would dance around naked to it in celebration. And they thought that was the funniest thing they'd ever heard. <laughs> and they said, mate, we've got to have a picture. And then they took their phones, handed them to some random chick, and then... Like pose for the photo, and I will show you the photo. Uh, I, would, I would love to see with that. me and the two singers from the Heart Vacancy or from the Wanted. The reason this is important <laughs> is that the guy who had his head completely shaved, they had they were in town performing that night. Lindsay Lohan apparently had the hots for that guy, and she was at the Electric Room as well. Gotcha. And she was hanging out with them, and really liked that guy, and. I watched as they like walked out into the hallway to leave and Lindsay Lohan walked out with them and I like went out to just like say goodbye or whatever and I was talking to that guy and as I was talking to him, Lindsay Lohan came up behind me and smacked my ass. Wow. Open hand. You Wow. And I turned around and I was like, oh, hello. And she was like, don't take my boy or something. Uh, how playful I know and then the two of them walked out arm in arm and they went to Avenue and the reason oh. that I know this is because the next day in the New York Post an article came out that Lindsay Lohan had been arrested the night before at Avenue Nightclub for punching a woman in the face wow and the reason she punched that woman in the face that woman was flirting with the mm. guy from The Wanted. Foreshadowing. That's a real story. Wow, that well, that's a crazy full circle situation. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. I wish I'd hung out with them. I wish I'd been there for the trouble. <laughs> I would have been like, Lindsay, no. Oh my They're God. watching you. And all because you snuck in successfully. 
Correct. I remember the last I tried to sneak in to to the Jane Hotel back when that was oh, like a cool. Dude, I can I got the hook up there, man. Well, I pretty you know who wants to fucking go. there That would have been nice to have at the time. Yep. But, you know, we didn't know each other, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. This must have been six, seven years ago, and I'm I was going to meet a girl. Like, does this ever happen to anybody? A girl that you like is like, hey, like, uh, come meet me at this place that you won't be able to get into. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then like you have to act like you can. <laughs> You have to act like you're cool. Like, of course you can get in there. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, of course I'll meet you there. Yeah. Like, she assumes that you're on her level. You know what I mean? So I go to try to meet up. Girls are so delusional. I try to meet up with this girl. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have tits and some fucking Saudi sheik who, you know, recruited me to join his table for the night. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's tougher. Keep going. No, no, it's okay. It's tougher. Definitely tougher out there for guys with the nightlife situation. Life is harder for men. More difficult. So I try to get in. The bouncer doesn't let me in. I try to lie. be like I'm like I made up some name I was like is Gavin here like you know the, <laughs> there's always like a reservations guy like Gavin there's perfect. always so many of them so the guy's like nah dude I know Gavin here you know what I mean um the, just the bouncer kind of like being a tough guy I was like all right so all right so then I went to like figure out what I was gonna do and so I texted a couple of my friends who were inside right I was like dude can you please help me get in help me get in and they're like yeah yeah we'll see what we can do I'm sitting outside and the girl approaches and she's like hey what's up so then I had to pretend that I was leaving. Oh, I was like, oh, I gotta go. I told, I promised one of my boys I would go meet him here. Like, and I was about to get away with the lie, and all of a sudden I hear one of my friends go, "Yo, gee, I don't think we can get you in, dude." I hear oh, from the little man. square where the people who have been accepted have been. Man, I would have doubled down on that lie though. I would have been like, "Oh, we can't get into the next place that we were going. All of us <laughs> can't get in, and I'm tired of this place." <laughs> Guess I'll have to go home. Sorry, toots. And the whole time she's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Dude, we've all been there, man. Yeah. That's tough. Nightclubs are so hard. It got to the point, though, where like you all of a sudden you get to an age where, I don't know, my friends started making a lot of money and they would just be like, yeah, we're getting a table at up and down. Right. Just come. You know, if you want to come. Yeah. And then they'll like Venmo request you five hundred bucks the next night. Oh right. And then and then you and you know it's coming. So you start trying to drink while you're there. You try to drink your weight. Do you know what I mean? You try to drink oh, your like value. to make it worth it. I need to drink five hundred dollars worth of vodka sodas to prove <laughs> to, to justify having shown up here. <laughs> I try to cover f- my bases before. Yeah. They'll be like, come, dude, come, I have to I'll be like, dude, I'm not throwing down. No, right. Just so you know. So, like, don't even try. Yeah. I'm not coming. They're like, fine, come. Yeah, nobody liked me enough to sponsor me for nightclubs. <laughs> like, nobody was like, ah, he's worth $500, his presence, you know? The Harvard situation makes that more difficult. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to sponsor a Harvard grad. Well, right. And Unless all my friends money. were Harvard grads, too. And they were like, why can't you afford it? We're all doing <laughs> fine. And I was like, I'm a comedian and a tutor. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's great. Guys, we've said it once and we will say it again. Bird dog shorts are absolutely the best shorts to wear in the world. They really are. We've now become absolute subscribers to the to this uh, the Bible of bird dogs. They're incredible. We're drinking the Kool-Aid, man. They are gym shorts with built-in silky soft inner boxer briefs that make underwear obsolete. If you wear uh, boxers under these things, they will get bunched up and feel like shit. But wearing them without your boxers is like wearing an unbelievable, I don't even know. It's incredible. It's like wearing all the best vaginas you've ever had. (laughs) 
at the same time. I picture being like the first day you get to a beautiful vacation mm. and there's delicious satin sheets everywhere and you just lie in that bed oh. naked after moisturizing. Yep. And then you just feel that feeling. It's like walking around with that for the entire day. Yeah. And good. it's amazing. Yeah, they really are. They really are unbelievable. I've been wearing them kind of nonstop since they, they gave us a few pairs. Uh, they're so comfortable. It's like we're wearing nothing. You can wear them in the water. They dry faster than a bathing suit. Uh, go to birddogs.com, enter promo code FIRED, and they'll throw in a pair of nunchucks. Yeah, you heard that right, nunchucks. They'll give you an actual weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com, promo code FIRED, and boom, a free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off, I promise you. (laughs) And my challenge to you is attempt to be angry enough to use the nunchucks with that smooth silk on you. Yeah, maybe use them on your mom after she tells you she was in a porn (laughs) one. We're going to get into some some great mistakes here. Uh, we can do the emails. Yeah, do you want to do that? All right, guys. So first of all, thank you for uh, sending us emails. A couple of these, we got some good ones for sure. Um, and also, if you want if you want to leave uh, a story in a review, that would be great. And we'll definitely read some of those as well. Yeah, yeah. Leave, leave shorter little mistake stories in uh, the review section for on, on iTunes or wherever else. But... Um, also, you can send us emails if, if they're a little longer. We've got a great one here. This is from Amanda. I won't give her last name. But actually, the whole thing was published in the New York Times. She calls this her New York Times mistake. Um, she starts out very, sounds like a very lovely young woman. Long story short, I was a sugar baby who got scammed by a guy who conned me into buying a room for us. And then he tricked me and didn't give me his end of the agreement. That cash money. <laughs> he, partici- he pretended to send it via PayPal and asked me to put my phone away. And we did the dirty deed. And yeah, I was gypped. Sucked. But I said, whatever. Moves on. Nothing I could do. He disappeared. A few months later, a friend of mine was dabbling in the sugar dating field and happens to stumble upon a guy on Tinder. He was selling a very similar story to my guy who screwed me over. She sends me all the details, and I know for a fact it's the same dude trying to do the same thing. I have a grand idea of getting him to agree to meet her at a bar. At this bar, I arrive early and have the intention to have this bartender find out his real name by getting his credit card or ID. I somehow swindle this dude into helping me out, pretending that it's a Tinder date, but I think he's lying about who he is. Bartender actually gets me his real name. So after he realizes he's been stood up, he goes to leave and I decide I'm going to follow him. This is great detective work. Oh my God. I have no... By the way, this is how people get killed. Um, <laughs> and then I end up writing about it. Uh, I have <laughs> I have no plan besides staying far behind him and hiding in a bush that is hopefully on the sidewalk if I need to. I just wanted to figure out where this guy lived. So I had that information in my pocket in case I decided to ask him for my money back. Who the fuck does she think she is, Lisbeth Salander? The stalking detective work, the the stalking detective work I was putting in at this point was great, and then it goes extremely downhill. He ends up realizing there was someone following him. He turns around and he chases me, and I'm hauling my butt down an alleyway in Brooklyn. I jump in a cab and get away. My friend and I end up calling him. She says sorry about bailing. 
then has him admit that he was going to pay for her sex and states the amount he was going to give her, $1,500. Girl sounds hot. We record this conversation and now we have a ton of stuff against him. Next step, we research, find anything we can about him and we found out everything. We found his LinkedIn, which gave us his real phone number. Then we found his Twitter and found out he was married and had two kids. We know where he goes to school. The fuck? And it's not hard to figure out his residence. So we have all this information and audio evidence and texts and have no idea what we are going to do with it. I go on a podcast and tell this story because it's a podcast about race and the role it plays in precarious situations. I'm white. The guy was Indian. And in the media, etc., someone tells me I should go to the press and see if they will print the story. My friend gets a contact at the New York Times. They do a story. And not only that, they, they do a follow-up story because multiple victims came forward. They tell me they need to use my name in the first article in order for it to get to print so that it has more weight and validity, and I agreed. Okay, well, this is almost over. I tell my family before the article comes out they are disgusted. I'm a prostitute that has tarnished their family name. We aren't a big deal as a family. It was just dumb. <laughs> That's were, the best part. They just wish they were. <laughs> we're not a big deal as a family. <laughs> to tarnish the family name what a lovely like flippant way to, des- to describe daddy issues yeah, right dude oh my god they hate me and disinvite me to thanksgiving and christmas it sucked a lot then you read people's comments because you're curious but most of them are pretty bad and calling me names hopefully you avoided some of the comments made about you francis i'm not sure if you have experienced bad comments after a show julio but i'm sure you now how know how that feels Intense life events took place after the th- after and therapy followed, and my family now sort of talks to me. I was able to go to those holidays, but was not invited to Easter. <laughs> Too good. sacred. Um, I don't know. I made up that too sacred line. Um, so I guess my question is, how much of an oops is this? Is it really an awful mistake that I made? Did my family overreact? Not realizing I did this because I recognized I wasn't his only target, but that he was doing this to multiple girls. I came out about it because maybe I could help one girl not make the awful mistake I did. But is it truly my mistake or is he to blame too? Did I fuck up my life forever? Oh, oh there's so much going on there. to go through here. Lots. All right, so, Julia, what do you think? All right, so I think you guys both made mistakes, obviously. You know what I mean? Because this is the thing. At the end of the day, you just got gypped out of a couple bucks and then ended up getting so much more shit for it. And I get the whole, like, maybe we'll stop this guy from doing it. I understand that, I guess. Um, But, yeah, like, your parents... Getting disowned by your parents, like, that's, like, really shitty. Yeah, that's that's probably... I don't know. And you could have been know. anonymous. She could have stayed anonymous if she wanted. Uh, I, I guess so, right? I, I, well, I, I don't know. She will go on the podcast. I guess, yeah, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, it, it, and by the way, you're absolutely right. She could have gone to the New York Times and not. They said that it helps the validity of the story. Yeah, but, but if if you're talking about this, they they never force you to go on the record. Right. They, they protect to. their sources. Right. I don't know how much more the article was held it sounds like she wanted to talk about it and i don't i'm not like victim shaming or whatever but like does sound like a story that she wanted shared i mean it's a good story it is a very good story and also there's like no like i don't feel that there's shame in being a sugar baby not at all like not at all you know it's it's an expensive i'm assuming this happened in new york but whatever like city life is really expensive 
And like, if your parents aren't, you know, paying for everything for you, which literally more than half of the people that I know who live here, their parents are like yeah. supporting them for their entire life. It's, it's looking like, right. Um, so, you know, there's no shame in that you're not a prostitute. First of all, we don't need to like put negative connotation on that to begin with, but like, it's a completely different situation. You're not a professional sex worker. You're trying to get a couple extra bucks, right. sleeping with a guy. It's not the end of the world. It could have been your little secret, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Getting disowned seems very harsh. So I think you're parents maybe need should rethink their approach right yeah it's it's tough i think i think here's the problem with being a sugar baby right um and and what's what it, it sounds like she was a sugar baby who she went to this hotel room with this guy she got the room they had sex and he didn't pay her i'll be honest with you that is not my understanding of a sugar baby that's not how it's supposed to go down my understanding of a sugar baby is that you're in this like relationship kind of with an older man, typically a sugar daddy and that he like buys you things or he'll pay your fucking bills. He supports you or whatever it may be there or he gives you cash. I don't you know have an any, any and all of those things. But what she was doing, unfortunately, does sound a little bit more like prostitution to me. Like the, uh, on the surface, for sure. And, and I don't know if she knew she was getting herself into that. And the, yeah, and the problem is, if that's what you're doing, if you're meeting with strangers instead of having this more like prolonged uh, exchange-based relationship with an older man, and you're meeting with strangers in a hotel room, you need to have uh, a security guard with you. Like, if you're going to be actually, you being need to a have some worker. guy, someone yeah. who can who's like, yeah, I will you. break you in half if you don't pay and collect the money. Right. And that would be my thought as to like where her oops was. Right. If you're going into that situation and whatever. So then she tries to exact revenge. No, she she's trying to protect her friend who's like going through the same thing. I guess sugar dad sugar babies stick together. <laughs> um sugar that babies, makes sense. Sugar babies stick together. Yeah. I like that. That makes sense. And um her friend is going through the same thing with the same guy. Of course he's married and he's a piece of shit. Why is he chasing her? I just pictured that. Yeah. He's chasing her down the road when down he found her she was following in him. Brooklyn. That sounded that part of the story doesn't fully add up I to know. me. Oh, you can make a movie out of this. It's crazy, dude. And so she's like walking after him in Brooklyn trying to get his, you know, info. And then she goes on the record in the New York Times and like totally, totally outs him, which is, I, I think, fair. I think yeah. if you're that much of a piece of shit, uh, you deserve to have, I'm talking about the guy, uh, yeah. to have, to have your life. You, you can't, you can't be meeting with these sugar babies under the pretense of the sugar baby thing. And, and by the way, you know, you talk about those like sugar baby websites like seeking arrangements the one that Mackenzie Lewick was on right um and i think there is a pretty understood like exchange of gifts for services right right you you probably establish before you connect kind of like the what terms. you're expecting right uh i don't it know seems for civilized sure. relatively like in general obviously yeah. it goes wrong sometimes but but if you're like theory. a young beautiful woman and you're on those websites you're not going to go meet with some older man hoping that he gives you some money of his choosing some amount right, right. i would think you've probably got a fee or an expectation or or maybe people have reached out to you and been like here's what i'm willing to offer you if you come on a bunch of dates with me Right, and then you either accept or you decline. But it this this does not sound like sugar baby to me. Right, yeah, this sounds like prostitute. Well, it's yeah, it sounds more. I, I wonder how they ended up in that hotel room. 
yeah what kind of exchanges had before and all that stuff but yeah the whole like we're going to get in a room blah, based blah, on, yeah, based on what i'm deed. reading it, it, it does sound that way and again we, i don't have any problem with that either of course we talked about that but if you're going to do it that way you need to be careful right you need to be fucking you need to have someone who can uh enforce the the collection of your fee who can protect you if you you know call through the door or whatever yeah that's that's what you need to do and unfortunately you know it's just i don't think it's that safe um well can i ask you a question about the yeah. sugar baby situation so again i don't think that this idea you know you you get in a situation where you really need money and like the whole sugar baby thing i get i i understand it now i've heard of things where i have friends of mine good friends of mine who have had girlfriends who then either admitted that they had at one time been a sugar baby or that they were even currently one. Huh. And even to the point where like it wasn't physical anymore. I've been like, and the guys like broke yeah. up with them. Oh. And I wonder what you guys think, how you guys feel about that. Because if a girl told me that she had done that previously and we were now dating, um, and yeah, I have a girlfriend. So I'm thinking about this. Like if she were to tell me that she had been doing something like that before we met, what would I do? I liked, I think in my mind, I would understand, I would be understanding. I might not like it, Yeah. but I would, I could, I could see myself being like, okay, I could, I could move past it, but I don't know. Cause it's never actually happened to me as far as I know. Yeah. I don't know myself. Uh, and it, I think it opens the broader question of like, once you get to a certain age and you start meeting people and you get into relationships with them, I don't, I don't want to know the sexual history of people I date. Same. Now. I want to know nothing. I just like assume that we were both virgins when we met each other. Somehow we had completely pain-free experienced sex <laughs> just from watching instructional videos. We were each other's firsts and now we're in love and it's great and yeah. clean. And at no point was a gnarled fucking knuckle ridden dick from some 80 year old man propped up with pencil sticks in your vagina. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 100%. At no point did you let some old bag of bones enter you for a Tiffany's bracelet. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I'm thinking about that image now. It's not great. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. It's like when you break it down like that, it's impossible. Every single sexual episode that a person that you love has been through before you, if you were to like get into details about it, it would be just crushing. I'm trying to think about, you know... The, the deal breaker things early on in the relationship you talk about some people say like if, if you found out that your girlfriend had slept with a black guy and you know i don't who that's cares? yeah that one's that we need to get rid of that one guys. that one's pretty grow weird. up grow yeah up. it doesn't bother me at all uh nor should it but if a girl came to me and was like hey just so you know when i was 19 you know, I was uh, I was in college having a hard time paying my bills and I went and I did an episode of Girls Do Porn uh, with both of the guys that they have and they high-fived over me <laughs> and now a lot of people on the internet call me Eiffel Tower Girl. Um, is that okay? I would probably have a hard time That's a hard one seeing for me. her again. That's a hard one for me. I would definitely watch the porno. I'd probably jerk off to it. And then I would never talk to her again. That is such, that is like a such a dark, you know, process. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that is so dark, man! Holy shit! 
That's to me. That's the worst. Your girlfriend, you find out that she was in a porno, and got a facial disgraced. The porno. You can't do it. You can't do it because ultimately the relationship won't go anywhere. And the reason is, if you're thinking of proposing or having children someday with this person, that means that your children someday may watch their mother be defiled on the internet. And not only that, but in all likelihood, (laughs) their friends on the playground will come up and be like, hey, I saw your mom getting cummed on last night. Right. Right, right. I don't want to put my kids through that. That's why porn stars can only marry each other. Do you know what I mean? Is that true? Is that a thing? That's my theory. They always end up in relationships with each other because they they understand it. It's a lifestyle. It is. (laughs) It is. Can you imagine being the child of a porn star? At what age, as the parent, do you sit the kid down? That's so much worse than the adoption conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I would argue that it is not. But it's really bad. You'd rather? I would rather have my actual mom than have to get this conversation that you're not my You'd rather mom. know that your mother is your biological mother, but that she did a, a, a stint in hardcore pornography that is still available on the internet because the internet never dies, than find out that your beloved, your loving parents adopted you? I Yeah, I prefer that Oh, scenario. my God. God, <laughs> am I am I completely wrong about no, this? No, not a chance, <laughs> dude. I, I I sincerely stick to that. I would so much rather be adopted than be the child of pornographic parents, especially <laughs> my mother. I hate to say the double standard thing. My dad, if he was a porn star, uh, I don't know, whatever, maybe maybe not. But my mom. <laughs> You know, like in some finding out that she was like looking up her IMDb page and it's like backdoor slut six featuring your mother, your <laughs> biological mother. I'd so, oh, no. I would give my mom a big hug and be like, mom, I hope that, you know, you're okay still. All right. Then would you search it? Would I search for what? The porn, the, the, the video? video? Uh, Dude, I, again, this is this is getting really dark, dude. We gotta go here. This like, is who we are. I, I get, yeah, okay. I guess I would maybe. Uh, I would like to think that maybe I wouldn't, but then maybe one night, like the mouse would just be calling my hand. But I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would if I would search or not. I like to think that I wouldn't, but it'd almost be like one of those things, like in Sleeping Beauty, where the spindle's calling you, oh. and you prick your finger on the mouse as yeah. you click to watch your mother. You'd watch it in a, in a dark night. <laughs> I, I listen. I in a night of low self esteem. I wouldn't, ah, yeah. would you, ah. I don't want to watch that. Ah. Um, but okay, I could, I could definitely be okay with a girl telling me that she did porn once or whatever, whatever. Even if she did it, like, I don't know. If it was a weird secret, this it, being a secret makes it weirder. But the double team high five situation to mm. me is, is a thing that would just make me incredibly insecure. That's tough. And I don't think I could overcome Dude, that. Dude, I have friends. Specifically. I have, I have friends who can't date a girl if they know that like one of our other friends has hooked up with that's her. stupid i agree that's stupid i don't have a problem with that yeah yeah i i don't really have a problem unless i like knew that the guy had an std or something but i i don't i don't have a problem with that but i do have friends who just who could never take that person seriously yeah and i th- and I, you know i just think you know it says and not you know it's not it says something about them 
Mm. You know what I mean? Because they, they, she, they didn't know her like that. Yeah, then. right. As right. long as there's no crossover, like if you were involved at the same time, that's yeah, weird. Yeah. If I didn't have any romantic relationship with you before and you were sleeping with one of my friends and now we're a thing, it's completely fine. Yeah. We got another great email with another great mistake. All right. So this one uh, is called Story of a Mistake That Turned Out for the Better. Mm. We like redemption. We like redemption. Um, we like when things work out for the best. So... This is how this one goes. My name is Mike. I'm 22 years old and I made a giant mistake that could have ruined the rest of my life. It's a long story, but I'll try to hit the key points of what's important. It still is an insanely long story, Mike. Just, you know, Mm. get it together. Just like that other girl's story. (laughs) So this is once upon a once upon a crisp November day. I was a student at a small college in central Florida. The second I read that, I was like, I know this guy did something fucking stupid. Yeah, right. (laughs) Because that's the dumbest sentence of all time. Mm -hmm. There are no crisp November days in central Florida. (laughs) Okay, there was a, there was not a whole lot to do there, and my friends and I were exceptionally bored on a particular Tuesday. Uh, as young men, we get entertained by stupid shit. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and I mentioned an idea to my friends of something I used to do when I was younger in the neighborhood. Essentially, what we would do was make a homemade bottle rocket, similar to Coke and Mentos. I don't know what that means. It's like when you put the Mentos in the soda and it fizzes up. Gotcha. Okay. Where you combine bathroom cleaner and a few other household materials. Once combined, the bottle gets milky on the inside and gives off a pop. This was always something we would do for our own enjoyment to keep up with our easily amused minds. Anyway, we tried doing it in an empty park late at night and nothing happened. Usually the bottle will pop within 30 seconds, but we stood there and watched this bottle for 15 minutes while it did nothing. I knew it was a dud, so we left it and went home. The next morning, either a worker or a park attendee saw this bottle and called the police out of suspicion. When the cops came, they immediately proclaimed it as a destructive device and built a crime scene around it. Meanwhile, it was a harmless piece of trash that we should have just thrown out. The fire department and bomb squad showed up to the scene and it started getting broadcasted all over the local news. When I saw all this transpiring, I immediately called my parents as they were aware I used to partake in this bottle activity as a youth, explained them what was happening, and we agreed that I needed advice and we should get ahead of the situation. I got in touch with a lawyer who told me some potential charges could be felonies that would carry an extensive prison time. Oh. My heart sank as a stupid little mistake I made was going to ruin my life and my future forever. The lawyer and I agreed there would be more leeway if I came forward before getting caught. We set up a meeting with the police. I went into one of their interrogation rooms. Went to one of their interrogation rooms. The cops look at me, press start on the recording device and say go. I proceed to tell them what happened. Um, I emphasize we weren't trying to scare, hurt anybody, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so we're going to fast forward a little bit through this, Mike, because you're getting into too much detail, pal. Mm. Uh, this is, so then his friends eventually go in, said their piece, and they were all under the impression that everything was okay. Semester concludes in December, and we all went home for a break, breathing a sigh of relief that that was over. A few weeks later, the police department released a post on their Facebook page listing all of our names and putting the story completely out of context. The post went viral and we started getting completely cooked in the comments by people saying we were terrorists. School saw the post two days later, received an email saying he had been expelled and he couldn't appeal it since he admitted to the police his involvement in the incident. He felt fearful and lost. His parents were supportive throughout the whole situation. He ended up applying to five new schools uh, and he ended up getting in to all of them. So he he disclosed, uh, he had disclosed that he was expelled. And each application, including a three-page paper recapping the situation, saying how he handled it, he ended up getting into University of Alabama. It has been an absolute dream attending UA, and I have built the most meaningful and positive relationships I ever thought I could have. Wow. So. Okay. So where was he supposed to be going? Do we know? A school somewhere in Central Florida that apparently uh, he doesn't want to talk about. Yeah, that's probably a really bad school. Um, 
Uh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I have, those those colleges in Florida, there's some really bad schools in in Florida. Isn't yeah. there UCF, University of Central, Central Florida. Florida? I think I've met people that went there and everybody that I've met that went there uh had sex with me way too quickly. <laughs> oh my god! You know what I mean? Like, oh I, my god! Uh, try, you know, try make me work. You're for you're it. popular in Florida. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Anyway, but that was I mean, dude, that was obviously stupid. In my opinion, it was stupider to confess. No offense. I know. How would they have caught you? Well, he's probably thinking fingerprints and stuff. But if he doesn't have a record, there's no fingerprints, right? There you go. Uh, maybe there was like a. Uh, you know, closed caption television or whatever, closed circuit television right. cameras. I I don't know. Um, yes, it probably he probably didn't need to come forth. That's right. like a a tough thing. Yeah, Mike, I have a similar. His name is Mike, right? Yeah, Mike, I have a similar. So I was gonna ask: story. Were you one of those kids that would like light shit on fire and like make, you know, bombs and right. no stuff? No, I was not. I. I hung out with some kids who did it, and I remember doing it with them like one night and then just being like, this is so fucking stupid and dangerous and not fun, and that was the last time I ever did that. But a lot of kids do that stuff. Dude, yeah. I was never a pyro. I was never doing this bottle rockets shit, whatever you guys were doing. It's crazy, which is crazy to be doing at that age. But Mm. as a 30-year-old man, I was driving across the country, and... I did two legs of the trip. I drove across. We bought fireworks in Wyoming or somewhere where it was legal. Then, uh, you know, I, I arrive, fly home. M- one of my other friends was like, dude, we should drive back. I was like, okay, sure, let's do it. And I still had those fireworks, okay? So we get to Colorado, and in the middle of the day, we're like, let's light off some fireworks. It'll be fun. It wasn't even those, like, daytime fireworks. This was nighttime fireworks in the middle of the day. It was that re- sounds bad. Really stupid. We were just I mean, not bored. for nothing. Like, I made overnight oats during the day yesterday, but... So similar, <laughs> okay. but different Fair enough. Yeah. Well, at least that was convenient. Yeah. This really, there was no value to this. Mm. Anyway, I wasn't, I'm not experienced with fireworks. And honestly, Mike, I think my story is stupider than yours. So I know I just made fun of you a lot, but like I end up lighting this tiny little fire on the side of the highway. And I was like, shit. So I take the bottle of water and I'm pouring it on it and it just starts spreading sort of. And I was like, this is not good. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was like, let's split dude. Let's get out of here. Oh, my God. So I have no experience with wildfires. This was still like a very small fire at this point. Uh, and I'm just like, whatever. It'll go out. It's not going to be a big deal, but we should probably get out of here just in case. You never know. So I realized like very not that far down the road that we left the bottle from the hotel we just stayed at where we paraded in with holding bags of fireworks. Being like, look at all these fireworks. <laughs> so like there's no way that that wouldn't be linked back to the situation. Right. So like Mike, the, the criminal goes back to the scene of the crime. And at this point, there is just the fire is probably five football fields. And I was like, oh my fuck. God, dude. Yeah. So I pull over on the side of the road and just start acting like I'm a good Samaritan, which is another obvious sign of guilt. I, there, there's these people there like, like who had called the cops. I was like, what, what happened here? And the woman's like, stay away from the fire. And I was like, okay. And then I just start like trying to go closer to like get this bottle. And the two people there realized exactly what I was doing. They're like, dude, you don't fucking move. And I was like, oh my God, the cops and firemen are coming. And uh, I start telling this story. They're like, oh yeah, the bottle. No, Oh, so the woman starts telling the police. She's like, Look, he, he picked the, he went and got the bottle. He picked up the bottle. I saw him do it. And I was like, oh, I was, there's this whole crazy back and forth. And then finally I was like, I, it was me. 
fucking thrown in cuffs, thrown in jail. Oh my God. And dude, I had done yoga that morning. Like who's doing (laughs) yoga in the morning and then start, like I waited till I was 30 30 years old to commit the crime of a 12 year old. I got charged with a bunch of shit, arson, uh, illegal use of fireworks. And like, thankfully I didn't damage any important property. So I could call in for my hearings over the phone and then I'm getting off and like have was on probation for a year and now it's off my record. So did you have to pay a fine? Did you have to do community mm-hmm. service? I had to do 80 hours of community service uh, and obviously pay for like the legal stuff. Um, and that was all really shitty, but I went back to the scene of the crime. And you know what? I'm glad I did because like that was a stu- like the fact that I even there was a moment where I thought that I could like just like try to get away with that is something that I'm ashamed of. Well, <laughs> but it's but it's amazing because you went back not necessarily to confess, right? Not I, I didn't anticipate a gigantic fire. Right. I had no experience with this. And when those fire guys showed up, they were like acting like it wasn't a big deal. When uh-huh. the fire trucks came. Were were there trees? It was a field, like a barren field. Very dry. Dry, no property, no houses. There was like a building kind of close, but like... So how high were the flames? I mean, were they just kind of licking through the grass? They were bellowing. They were in, They were big. Oh my God. Gigantic flames. It was terrifying, man. Dude, that's awful yeah, scary. I know. And also, but again, like it was, it's more normal to them than it was for me. So I was absolutely traumatized. And even when I was in jail, the guy, it started raining and he literally, the guy who's in jail, like working there, was like, "You should have waited till now to lay off those fireworks." <laughs> <laughs> that was like a good one, dude. <laughs> like, Did you have to stay in the jail overnight? No, I was there for like five hours. Though I someone started doing bail push, you out? banging out push-ups, dude. Yeah, someone bailed me out. The guy I was with on the you started doing push-ups in case you know you became that became your life. I was trying to just be about that life. I was like, when in Rome. Did you rape anybody? <laughs> I did not. They actually let me out of my cell, and I watched tennis. The senior tour was on. Perfect. John McEnroe playing. I sipped on a on a, uh, a delicious beverage. That's actually the opposite of rape, by the way. Watching tennis. <laughs> yeah. 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 I did not get raped in jail. It was not prison, though. No. Jail. I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd fare well in prison. No. No. Me neither. So, yeah, Mike, I mean, like, moral of the story, the criminal always goes back to the scene of the crime. They often do, to observe their handiwork. I was dealt justice. Mike, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, dude, that doesn't sound too bad for Mike. I'm happy to hear that he was able to actually end up going to a better college. Alabama is way better than University of Central Florida, uh, <laughs> as far as I know. So that does sound like a very <laughs> redeeming story. Yeah. That he needed to create some kind of bottle rocket in order to get into a better school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like crazy. Yeah. You, you won the science fair. Dude, it's it's amazing, though. Your story immediately brings to my throat that pit that you feel when, when you're fucked up, when you've done something and you are awaiting the, the guillotine yes, to, for that to fall, you know, you're going to get in trouble, but nobody else necessarily knows it was you yet, but you're waiting for the stars to align for your, you know, your sentence to come in. Right. Um, I've had that kind of shit happen to me a lot. I, when I was a, uh, I don't know, probably a sophomore junior in high school. One day I was driving home from high from school and I, we had a Prius and I, uh, I was, there was a stoplight and this was like, this was before people knew that texting and driving was dangerous. (laughs) Right. You know, this was like very early years of texting before parents were even texting. Yeah. This was like probably the first year that I started texting. Right. And, 
you know, I was still doing like predictive text. Yeah, you have to hit the button three times to get to yeah. C, the letter C. I'm pretty sure I was using a Motorola Razor, which, you know, was the dopest phone in the game. That back was the then. phone. And I was stopped at a stoplight and out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw that the light turned green. So I started going forward and I hit the car in front of me. Oh, shit. Now, I was going like no more than six. Right, right. Six miles an hour, which is pretty decent walking speed. Right. Um, like, that's a pedestrian's pace. And I hit, I remember I hit this old pickup truck. It was so old that when I got out of the car to look at the damage with this guy, uh, there was like rust shards that had, I had cleaned it up. Oh, my God. Me impacting the back of his car actually made the car look better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I knocked barnacles yeah. and seaweed off this the back of this truck that had been used to lower boats and old dinghies into That's like, hilarious. you know, the oceans and lakes. So super old man and he was pissed. You know, uh, he was pissed. But he didn't know that I'd been texting. Right. But he couldn't believe that I'd hit him. And, you know, he had a little dent. So we pulled in to uh all into a thing and uh, we called the police and the police was like you know, the guy was like, ah, too bad, whatever, exchange information. And then later that night at dinner, you know, because I was probably, I don't know, 17. Uh, I'm still at the age where I think that like every, like this is, you know, at the police come, all this. I thought my life was over. Right. You know, that I'd committed this horrible crime. And I'm just sitting there in silence. I can't touch my food. The conversation is passing over my head. My parents are talking happily about nonsense. I'm not hearing any of it. I'm just hearing like a ringing, a dull ringing, a roar in my ears, you know. And uh, and all of a sudden, I just came out and I was like, guys, I, I've got some bad news. You know, I got into an accident today. And my parents were like, oh, my God, you know, are you all right? And I said, well, yeah, I was just a fender bender. And they were like, oh, no problem. Right. And it wasn't a big deal. Right. Because my parents are able to know that in raising children, inevitably, this sort of thing will happen. And I think that in the scope of like, I wasn't drunk driving. I was going extremely slowly. Right, right. <laughs> it really wasn't that big of a deal. But in that moment, I just, I, I know that feeling of impending doom. Right. Of guilt and shame. Totally. And the world is, the walls are just closing in before you have to self-report. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's the it's, worst. It's a horrible feeling. And it's always, and this is something to think about too for people is like, that feeling is a horrible feeling and you literally feel like your life is over and your life is not over. It's not over. You're going to be fine. It's not over. Unless you actually die uh, and then, shortly thereafter because of what you did and then your life is over. But that hasn't happened to most people who are emailing in. Right. Not yet. Yeah. At least. Dude, but, that's, that's, it is that feeling though. Oh. Yeah. And you were texting. You know you, did, you were doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. That old man didn't even know what texting was. No. He didn't know that that technology existed. No. He may have never lived to see the day where he did know. Right. And by the way, I had that, I had that <laughs> feeling. <laughs> I, I he's, he's definitely dead. I had that feeling after I wrote the blog too. I was thinking I knew that. shit was hitting the fan. Yeah, that must have been but a terrible. It was bad, but I also like as you get older and you realize that you're a man now. Right. And it it's not going to be what your parents 
think of you. Like the repercussions are hitting right. you much more Directly. individually. Right. Like you, you are a grown up who must own your mistakes now. That I find I, I like that more. Right. Like it's no longer, oh my God, I feel sick to my stomach that I'm gonna have to tell my parents this. Right. And see how long they ground me for. It's He's, more like yeah, you take the punishment on the chin. Yeah, you you kind of you get to you get to deal with your shit yourself, and there is a, there is a, a lovely independence to that. I was just gonna say that there's so much more control. Mm-hmm. Whereas like your parents will hold a grudge, maybe yeah. or like there's something. There's just a lot more collateral damage when you're answering to someone. When you get in trouble now, do you always tell your parents about it? Uh, fucking knock on wood that I I typically don't find myself getting in a ton of trouble. Mm-hmm. I try not to be a like do stupid shit. But if I were to be in trouble, I might tell them. It just depends. Mm-hmm. Like if I if it was something with like my health or something. Oh, for that, sure. I don't know though. I might almost not want to tell them. Like was, if you broke your leg, would you not tell your parents? No, I would. I would. But like if I call every single time I call my parents, they immediately call me back to make sure that I'm I'm okay. <laughs> if they miss the call, they oh. call me back immediately. They're like, Are you okay? I'm like, Yeah, they're okay. Right. Well, we're, that sounds in, like they're used to you calling with bad news. <laughs> it's called being Italian. <laughs> That's what it's called. Chris, you can, Chris, our producer's Italian. Mm. He can account for that. They're just very afraid that something terrible is going to happen at every given moment. Mm. Uh, so sometimes I want to like spare them because if there's something bad that they're going to think it's worse, mm-hmm. I'll try to like avoid telling them something like that. Got it. Gotcha. You know, good stuff. Yeah, dude. Well, folks, that's episode two of Oops, the podcast in the books. We covered almost everything that we wanted to. ASAP Rocky is some interesting shit happening to him in Sweden, but we're not going to get into that. Maybe we'll save it for the next episode. Uh, Like, subscribe. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, all these places. You can go to anchor.fr slash oops the podcast or something like that just look up our podcast on anchor uh and that's where you'll find all the different places to listen to it um in addition check out our youtube channel oops the podcast we have full episodes all the video of the episode if you like watching episodes better check it out there um what absolutely else? um and yeah and we're gonna start doing some stuff uh next week we're gonna do a little segment called Rookie Mistakes. Mm. Just a little shit that you should already know. But uh, and if you guys have any suggestions for stuff like that, uh, or if you have additional stories that you think could fit in uh, a comment as far as like when you rate the podcast, how you can write something. Uh, if you could fit, fit a story in there, we'll probably be more likely to read those. We'll go through and look at them, but you could also email us as well at oopsthepodcast at gmail.com. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for checking us out. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys.